As Matt watched the rain through the window, the rain watched him back. He wasn't looking for a face, but it was there. If he had run his finger over the grimy window of the train, tracing the paths of the drips and rivulets, and pausing where the water hung in bubbles, then he might have made out the rough features—mouth, nose, eyes. But he was more interested in watching the way that the tiny drops joined into streams that became unpredictable rivers that ran down the other side of the glass. When the train got to London, Matt was the first at the door, with his rucksack over one shoulder and his suitcase tilted back on its little wheels. A fifteen-year-old boy, eager to get home from boarding school, dark hair in need of a wash, a cut and a brush, coat grubby and creased where he'd been sitting on it. As the train passed under a final bridge, Matt's reflection stared back at him, broken by the spattering rain. Then back into the grey, cloudy daylight, and the reflection was gone. The train shuddered to a halt, jolting Matt sideways. The door slid open, and he joined the unpredictable stream of passengers hurrying to the exit barriers. Tickets clutched, jostling, and pushing. Mum was waiting the other side of the barrier, checking her watch. Nine minutes late, she announced. Then she smiled, as if suddenly remembering this was pleasure rather than business. She pulled an immaculate small white handkerchief from the pocket of her immaculate jacket, licked the corner of it, and dabbed at Matt's face. Chocolate, she accused, as he brushed her hand away, embarrassed. And have you been using that spot cream I got for you? Yes, Mum. I can't wait to get home, Matt said. Thanks for meeting me. Usually she was working, and he got a taxi. Let's just grab a coffee while we're here, Matthew, Mrs. Stribling said. From the fact she said it, and the way she called him Matthew, Matt knew he wasn't going home. There was a Starbucks in the station, and Matt had orange juice. His mouth was dry after the long journey from his school in Havensham. He was quiet, sulking. He'd been looking forward to spending the holidays at Mum's flat in London. It didn't look like that was going to happen now, and he could guess what the alternative was. Mum had a latte, and Matt thought she'd probably only got that because she thought it wouldn't be so hot, and she could drink it quicker. Sure enough, as soon as they were seated, I have to go in thirteen minutes. Mum told him, that was typical of her, so precise. Matt liked to be precise too. He preferred his digital watch that told the exact right time to the second, rather than one with a face and hands that you had to look at and work out where everything was to tell the time. But Mum took it to extremes. Thirteen minutes. Why not quarter of an hour or soon? She had to be so exact. Probably because of her job, she used to work for a large computer company. But now she had her own company, though the only employee was herself. She did computer consultancy. She was into network balancing and requirements prioritization and systems analysis. Matt didn't really understand the business terms or that side of it, but he knew all about computers and how they worked. That was one of the attractions of coming home. Mum's flat was full of computer hardware and the latest digital kit, cameras and digital recorders and webcams and DVD rippers and PCs and Macs and mainframes and even games machines. Why the rush? He asked. 
Where are we going? He stressed the we to let her know he wasn't just going to accept it.